episode of the B3 today is brought to you by Sensible Waste Consulting. You know you're probably overspending on your waste and recycling removal. You don't have to. Doing what you do best in your business and let the folks at Sensible Waste Consulting deal with the waste companies on your behalf. Go to SensibleWaste.com for more information. The B3 Today is a production of Impulse Radio. Thanks for joining the B3 today on a Wednesday. Appreciate it. Got a great show for you today. We got associate head coach of the Indiana women's basketball program with Coach Terry Morin, and that, of course, is Coach Rhett Wiersba, who we are extremely, extremely happy to have on the show. We've talked to Rhett quite a bit and uh, tried to get together during the season there. Just too busy. Too many things going on trying to win Big Ten championships and and uh, go deep into the NCAA tournament, but uh, have some time now that the season's over that we can talk to Red about this season and, and then going forward, and, and I really can't wait. What a great career he had, both as a, a player and a coach, and IU um, is very, very, very lucky to have, have him. So we're not going to waste uh, too much time. We we'll want to get to that interview, but uh, Masters Week, we're going to have a lot of coverage of that uh, prior to uh, the tournament going, I'm going to give you all my wagers and what I'm doing. And, and uh, if you want to lose some money along with me, go ahead and follow me. You know how difficult golf betting can be. And, of course, we've got the big show coming up. Todd Lancaster, the Todd father, Deco, myself. We're going to kick all the topics of the day around, probably have a cocktail or two while we do it. And, uh we can we can dissect what's going on on the men's program at Indiana, and as I've told you many times, you folks are if you're not watching the women's program, you're in concentrating on the men. You're watching the wrong one because they've got some good things going on. So I'm not going to waste a whole bunch of time here. Let's get right to the interview with Coach Rearsba after these words from our newest sponsor, the Frock Bridal House. All you B3 fans out there with future brides in the family. The focus at the Frock Bridal House is to provide a stress-free, pressure-free, and memorable day for each future bride. We want to provide a unique selection of gowns to allow our clients to be their most elevated self. We strive to provide an atmosphere where all the focus is on you providing your own private appointment with our undivided attention. We work with smaller independent designers, which allow for choices not found at larger boutiques and endless customization options. We are located at 118 South College Avenue, Bloomington, Indiana, just a block off the square downtown. We are now open by appointment only. You can book an appointment online at thefrockbridal.com or email thefrockbridal at gmail.com with any questions. Unique selection, unforgettable experience, a focus on what matters. Thank you. 
All right, we're lucky to have on the Travis Brett Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Hotline the man that is in the first family of basketball from Farmington, Illinois, that is the associate head coach with Terry Morin at the Indiana University Women's Basketball Program, and that is Coach Rhett Wiersba. How are you, my man? Things are going well. Things are going well right now. Good deal. You guys had a, a fantastic season. I hated to see it come to an end, although I was sitting at a little tiki hut next to the pool down in the sunshine on spring break watching the game, but I still hated to see it come to an end. Yeah, it, it was a special season, and it's, it's always t- tough when the season you know ends, but especially with the group of players that we have and how hard they work, and like they're just really good people, so it's, it was tough for it to end. And on a night when we didn't play our best, um, you know, what wasn't our best game. And, you know, you, you always kind of kick yourself of what could you have done better. And uh, we know we're better than we played. Um, but, you know, that's how it works. You get one game, you got to got to win the big one yeah that's that's for sure and and we'll get back to this team but I did want to talk about you and your career what a what a great resume both playing and and coaching that that you've got but when I was looking up uh, some of your stuff in in Farmington um, you played for your dad Tom who is uh, and I grew up in in, in southeastern Illinois so you know I, I still follow Illinois basketball but your dad Tom Wearsba is uh, a Hall of Famer and one of the all-time greats yeah, it, it was it was a you know a great you know be able to play for him and you know he was very demanding and you know always made it tougher on me than probably everybody else but that, it, it benefited me in the long run but yeah he had he had a lot of success uh, before me uh, we had a lot of success when I played and he had a lot of success after I played so <laughs> I, it, it wasn't me it was you know he was one I just was fortunate to play for you know for him and yeah. you know he, he instilled a lot of the the hard work and you know the things that it takes to be successful coach what what was he there 25 26 years something in that neighborhood right yeah probably close to 30 okay yeah he was there you know mid to late 80s and didn't finish yeah so it's probably close to 30 Wow, that's awesome! And and now, did I read it right? He won a couple of state championships coaching softball as well. Yeah, so okay. uh, he's uh, won two state championships coaching softball. Had one fourth place finish. Um, wow! So he coached softball for ten years, and I think the every year, the two years they won the championship. The other eight years, um, one was in the fourth place. The other, they got beat in their sectionals. Every year, they got beat by the state champion. Um, wow! So they had a, a tough path, but yeah, he again, he just. He coached them, you know, he said it was, you know, a little different coaching, you know, girls and boys, but it was, you just got to coach the same and hold them accountable. Yeah. So, so, uh, he wasn't, he was busy pretty much, uh, year round. Did he, did he coach anything in the fall? Did he like help with football or anything like that? He coached, uh, helped with football at the beginning of his career. Then, uh, you know, as he got you know, a little bit longer, he got, you know, gave up on football, um, and just, you know, started doing some basketball workouts in the fall. Now, when you were at farm and you guys were the farmers, right? The Farmington farmers. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, uh, I love that, that logo. I, I looked up the high school and, and, and I love that, that logo, but, uh, you had quite a career and you, now you went to state. Did you go to state once or twice during your career? We, uh, went to state my sophomore year and I uh, got third place. Yeah. Uh, my junior year, we got beaten the sweet 16. Okay. Um, and then my senior year, we got beaten the sectional. Now, when you went to state, was that in the days when they played at assembly hall or were you in Peoria? We were in Peoria. It was okay. in the two class system. So there were just two classes. Yeah. Um, so we, it was down in Peoria and we were undefeated and, um, lost in the semifinals, um, by three. Wow. Yeah, and then and then your uh, your playing career took you to Austin P, correct? 
yes, yes. Had a had a really good experience down there at Austin P. Played for a, a great coach and uh, Dave Luce, and had a really good career there. Of you know, you know, had to make the adjustment as you know freshman. I went there and didn't play hardly at all. Was playing behind a, a future NBA player in Trenton Housel, and so I had oh, to wow. learn how to uh, how to how to work hard without getting the rewards. And then uh, you know, started for three years. Um, had two conference championships. So it was a good experience. Yeah. Now and then, I, I believe you maybe did some grad coaching there, and then your first stop was down in our neck of the woods, right in in, uh, in Evansville. And that would have been was that for Murfeld before Marty? Yes, I was there with uh, Steve Murfeld for his last two years down okay. there, um, and then kind of the you know the the funny thing about it, you know we were you know let go at the end of Coach Murfeld's career, and then uh, Coach Simmons came in and. My brother actually was an assistant with Coach Simmons yeah, at FIU Edwardsville and came and joined him at Evansville. So as I was leaving, my brother was, <laughs> was coming in. Did you just turn the keys over to him? He just moved right into your apartment? Or? <laughs> it, was, it was just a strange situation of, of kind of the timing of everything. Yeah. But, you know, things end up working out. That's awesome. How, did, is he still close with Marty? Does, does he keep in touch with him at all? Or? Yeah. Yeah, he, he's still pretty close with uh, Marty. You know, he enjoyed his experience there, and um, you know, I still keep in touch with him. Yeah, I uh, I grew up in Bridgeport, Illinois, which is right there by Lawrenceville, and Marty was a senior when I was an eighth grader. So, you know, even though we we're at different schools, you know, he was like the B. You know, that team was like the Beatles. You know, at sixty-two and oh all, yeah, and, and Marty was Marty was awesome. And then we, you know, I've always followed him. Matter of fact, he's been on the podcast when he took over at Eastern Illinois. So, so really rooting for him. But I I thought it was cool. You spent, you know, you you're you're no stranger to the Big Ten. Um, you spent some time in Maryland. Could you talk about that uh, that program and that that coaching stint out there? Yeah, you know, it was one of those where um, I was fortunate that when I was at Evansville, or the women's coach at that time was Trisha Colop, and um, she knew Brenda Freeze, and so um, you know everything happened with Coach Murfeld. She put me in touch with Coach Freeze, and I was out there as the director of ops for three years mm-hmm. uh, with Coach Freeze and. Uh, you know, learned a lot from her. That was kind of my first stint into women's basketball. Okay. And so she helped me kind of make that adjustment of, you know, what I need to do, what I need to work on, uh, you know, how to uh, handle different situations. Um, and was fortunate that, you know, we had some really, really good teams. Yeah. Uh, my first year there, we went to the Elite Eight. We had four first-round WNBA picks on that team. Wow. Uh, it was just amazing talent. We, we ran into a red-hot Stanford team with Candace Wiggins. Um, but, yeah, that team was – it was really special. And then the next year, um, we had, you know, two of those players returning, um, who were great. And so, you know, working with those two, um, every day and had another elite eight appearance, um, you know, at that time. So it was, it was a great experience working for coach freeze. I have a lot of respect for her. Um, not only as a coach, but as a person, she was just, uh, you know, she took great care of me, you know, what I worked for. Yeah. And then you, uh, teamed up on, on your first stint with, with coach Moore. And, um, can you just, talk and then of course came to IU with her could you just talk about coach Moore and I mean we just absolutely here on this podcast you can hear us talking about it all the time we call ourselves Moore and Marks because we just can't love any more what she's done at this program well the great thing about coach I mean she, she's a great person um you know she cares for her staff and her players um but I think the way that you know kind of our success has come is she's recruited players that have kind of a similar mindset of what takes success and it's just it's just working hard and finding the players that want to be in the gym and want to work. And, and that's kind of how she achieved her success with the player. That's how she's been as a coach is we're just going to work really, really hard. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of ways to be successful. Um, but she's been true to herself and, you know, it's tough to change that, you know, like, Hey, no, this is what we're going to do. We're going to try to find those players that fit it. And fortunately, you know, we've had a lot of great players that fit, you know, whether it's, you know, coming back when we first got here with Tyra Buck and Amanda Cahill, you know, then you move on to, you know, like a Brenna Wise and an Ali Patberg. And now you got, you know, Grace Berger, um, Mackenzie Holmes, and, you know, you can fill in a lot of different names, you know, with Nicole Cardona Hillary, Alexa Goulbay, um, just a lot of really talented players that work hard. And that's uh, right. kind of what coach instills is, you know, if you want to be successful in anything, um, you're going to have to work hard. Yeah. And working hard alone doesn't guarantee that success, but without it, you, you're not going to. And yeah. so, you know, is it just, you know, get in the gym every day and it's doing it over and over and over the consistency of the hard work of how you're going to do it. Um, and so, you know, you see her do it every day. You see, you know, what she does and then, you know, and and what, what she cares that she wants the best for them, you know, not only as basketball players, but as people, uh, you know, you know, seeing her, you know, how she cares for them off the court um, is important too. That's awesome. Was that combination of, of Tyra Buss and, and, and Amanda Cahill, was that the perfect combination for her to kind of start the rejuvenation of this program? Yeah, I know, you know, we were fortunate that we, you know, we got here, you know, they were fresh and so we, we inherited, they were here. Um, so, you know, we didn't recruit them, but they were, we basically coached them for their careers. And those two are very different in their personalities, but they mesh so well together, um, on the court and, you know, their, their skill sets complemented one another so well. Um, they were just really good people that work hard. Yeah. And, you know, we were, had some different lineups that we were able to, to piece around with them. Um, and, you know, again, we kind of got the right fit of, but they helped us get some of that initial success of, you know, in year two of getting to the NCAA tournament uh, and beating Georgia up in round one. We played them up at Notre Dame. Um, and then, you know, you kind of feel like, oh, we're right there. But, you know, got humbled a little bit of, you know, things didn't go exactly how we expected to go in year three. And then year yeah. four, um, we thought we were going to get to the tournament. And we didn't. Um, and then we went to the NIT and, you know, was, a lot of people have different attitudes when they get the NIT. And, you know, the attitude that we had, especially with those two as seniors leading us was, we're just going to go win this thing. Yeah, you know, we right. thought we should have been playing to the tournament, but we're not going to power. We're going to go make the very most of this. And they, we just played that last stretch. I, mean, I think that year we won 15 out of the last 17 games. We were playing. If we would have gotten the tournament, I think we could have made a run with how we were playing. Yeah. Uh, but when the NIT is like, we're going to go make the most of this and we're just going to keep going. And, and we just, found ways of, you know, we, we had a couple tough games, but we just, you had two seniors who were not going to let you take right, it away. Right. Well, and, and I remember at the time, and I, I thought it was just an absolute crime that you didn't get in the tournament, but like you said, and there's a lot of programs that would have just kind of tucked it in and, and been pissed off and, and not done anything, but there's one way to shut everybody up and that's go win it. That, that's exactly what you did. That's, that's awesome. Um, Let's talk about this team because it, it, we've talked about many times on the podcast, and I'll be straight up with you. We've been uh, at times less than uh, full of praise for the, the men's program, but one thing that's consistent, and, and I've said it all year, folks, you're watching the wrong Indiana team if you want to see Indiana basketball. And, you know, led by, like you said, Allie Patberg, uh, Nicole Cardano, Hillary, Grace Berger, McKenzie, just uh, Alexa Golbe. My goodness. A team that has 
heart and plays hard every single game. What was your practices like? Did they just beat the living heck out of each other? They were, you know, especially in the fall, they were very competitive. You know, we're going to go hard. Now, again, that's the one way we know how to do things. We're just going to go hard. Right. And Coach does a great job of trying to get things. We go from one thing to the next pretty quickly. We want to move and we want to play fast, so we got to go through practice fast. Um, and so we're able to get through, you know, a lot in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, with those, it just it became competitive. Did go through, you know, if we'd play any scrimmages, uh, you know, they're trying to mix their matchups to try to, you know, take advantage of where they can take advantage. But then, you know, the other teams switching their matchup to try to get the right defensive on there. And it would be, there'd be a lot of stakes. You know, they're so competitive, they didn't want to lose anything. So right. it didn't matter if it's a shooting drill, if it's a, you know, five on five, three on three. There was just, you know, they were playing for a lot every day. Yeah. Having Allie Patberg on the floor had to be kind of like another coach at this point, right? She's seen it all. Yeah, I mean, she, you know, she had been in college seven years, but she'd yeah. been here five. Um, you know, like the well, year we won the NIT, she and Brenna Wise were both sitting out as transfers. Yeah. And so they were able to learn a lot about us and how we play and how we coach in that year so that the next year they were able to kind of take that leadership role. And it just kind of carried over. Um, One of the great things about Allie is, you know, she is so selfless. Right. And she knew going into this year, you know, with her coming back, she'd been a leader. She tried to intentionally take a little bit of a step back of the vocal leadership and try to pass some of that on to Grace and Mackenzie, knowing that she would be leaving. Um, So, you know, that's tough to deal with, but she knew what was going to be best for our program. And so she did that, but her work ethic, you know, never say this, you know, never changed of what she's going to do. And, and, you know, she still was vocal and lead, but, you know, intentionally tried to help others become better leaders as well. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, I think that kind of helped with our success. And, uh, you know, you had a lot of different players that could take up leadership roles in different ways of how they're going to do it. You know, whether it was, you know, Nikki um, with her defensive intensity to start every possession, <laughs> that kind of set the tone. Yeah. Uh, you know, Grace is not as vocal, but you know, she's working on it. But her example of getting in the gym every day and her workouts are so intense of what she's doing. And Mackenzie trying to get a little more vocal of, you know, bringing others along with her. And I really thought Alexa Goldbay stepped up and with her this year. You know, yeah. when Mackenzie went down, she really had to step up not only her playing, but, you know, her aggressiveness and her approach to, to help him be one of the leaders too. I wish she had another year. The, the second half of the season that she had, like you said, when when McKenzie went down, was was awesome. Have you ever seen or coached a player like Nicole Cardano Hillary that can just literally drive the other team crazy? No, oh, she's a <laughs> she, she's a pest out there. Like they, other teams, they hate to uh, go against her. You can oh. kind of usually get a pretty good feel of how the game's going to go. Uh, you know, when she's able to kind of get in there and get some of those point guards' heads, you can. It can change. It can make or break a game. Yeah, um, she had the ability to, to almost, uh, you know, just break point guards, and you know, we were able to see you know all conference level players not want a ball. They're giving it up, trying to get anybody else to bring it up because yeah. they didn't want to have to get. It. <laughs> and then she just go guard them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know, and then she, I thought she did a much better job this year. You know, trying to find her spots of when she can be an offensive threat. I mean, uh-huh. she all-time leading scorer, George Mason, in three seasons, wow. um, that she, you know, really knows how to score. And last year, you know, kind of had to figure, okay, how do I fit into this? You know, she was thrust into the team kind of mid-season because originally she was going to have to sit out the season as a transfer. Then the NCAA changed the rule, mm-hmm. um, you know, about four games in. It's like, okay, 
now you can play. And it was, you know, kind of difficult. And then she kind of found her niche. Um, but this year, I think she's even finding a little more comfortable how I can be, you know, offensively with yeah. her. Yeah, she had some big games and, 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 and looked for, for a three. Didn't force it, but I thought she really worked her long-range shooting in, into the offense well. And so you're losing her, Galbay, Pat Berger, of course, and then and from our down uh, down here, our neighbor uh, to the west, uh, Grace Wagner from Vincent, she's going to leave as a junior. So what are we looking for um, coming in? i, I got to guess watching a South Carolina, you're looking for – not only speed because you like to play fast, but trying to get a little bigger possibly. Yeah. So, I mean, right now, um, you know, we signed four players in the early signing period. So we got four high schoolers that, uh, will be joining us. Uh, we got, a Alexis Bargesser from uh, Michigan. She's a athletic point guard, um, really likes to play up tempo. Uh, we signed Hannah Sandvik, who is a six foot guard, um, from Finland, um, Yarden Garzone. Uh, she's a six, three, a little bit of everything uh, out of Israel. And then uh, Lily Meister, she's a 6'3 forward out of Minnesota. Wow. Um, so we have those four coming in um, along with our seven returnees. Um, and then, you know, you know, the transfer portal is uh, yeah. it's a thing. And so, yeah, sure you know, we're, so we, you know, we're looking in there to hopefully bring in a couple um, players. You know, we need a, we can get a guard or two. Um, and then, you know, if we can get a, you know, a post of some size, you know, it's always nice. Is how has coach Morin been so successful recruiting overseas? Do, do you have someone, um, in the program that that is their sole job in scouting overseas talent or, or how's that work? Um, uh, it's a little bit of all of us, you know, I've made a couple of trips overseas, um, you know, and a little bit, some of it's getting lucky. Um, I'll yeah. be, you know, with Alexis Gould Bay, um, I saw her playing the world championships and, uh, you know, at, at the time I saw her, she was six one, um, wow. you know, we started recruiting her and I went over to do a visit with her and her parents and I walk in and I'm like, she's not six one, <laughs> her body's trimmed down. What and a then, great uh, surprise. We were able to get her on a visit and, uh, you know, kind of our timing of getting in touch with her just had to fit, um, Yarden from Israel, uh, she had worked out here in the United States and her trainer hit us up about her. And so he said, you know, you guys should look into her. And we did, we followed up and we just stayed in touch with her and and it just worked out. Um, Henna, we had gotten a contact about her and we just followed up on it. And, uh, you know, for us, you know, when we get, you know, calls or emails on players, we do, we, we try to do our background and check in as much as we can and just find out. Okay, who's going to be the right fit? And it's not always just purely about talent. It's finding, is that talent going to fit? Um, because, you know, quite often, not everybody fits. And, you know, there's no hard feelings if it's a good fit or not, whether it's on the front end or where they get here. But we really try to, you know, we're trying to get better about doing a more diligent, you know, background on the front end to see, okay, are they, are they going to fit in here? Are they going to fit in with our coaching? Are they going to fit in with the type of players we have here? Um, and so, do we bat, you know, a thousand? No, we don't. You know, we, we, yeah. we miss. Um, and so, but we're, we're trying to do a better job on the front end because we don't want those. We don't want those that, you know what, it's not anything against them or against us. Some players just don't fit for whatever reason. Right. Um, and so we try to do a better job of finding out on the front end if we can. And it doesn't always work, uh, but we're trying, we're trying to get better at that. Yeah. Awesome. And I know one of your responsibilities is working with the post players. How is McKenzie? Um, she didn't seem to me like she was 100% coming down the stretch there, but is, is she good and, and she'll be ready to go in, into next season, you think, at full strength? 
Yeah, she'll be good. Uh, you know, I think a lot of hers, you know, she had the knee surgery and then she came back and it just, when she came back, our schedule was so oh, dense there at the yeah, end. And so sure. we're throwing her back into the fire and we're playing like four games in seven days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had a little bit of break before um, the Big Ten tournament. I thought she got a little bit better there. Um, and so part of it wasn't just for the, the health, but it was the biggest thing I think for her is getting herself back into shape. Um, to her conditioning. I thought she did a great job last summer of coming back and being stronger and more fit um, so that she can go harder for longer periods of time. Yeah. Uh, well, then she was out for, you know, six weeks. Right. And you take six weeks off, it's hard it's, to get yeah. yourself back in shape. And then especially with, you know, kind of how it was going. Um, and so I thought her conditioning got better. But I think that's where the biggest was for her was the conditioning just wasn't where she wanted it to be um and so and there are times you know, we probably played her a few too many minutes um looking back we probably should have we could have given her a little more rest here or there um because the fr- when she was fresh she's you know she's as good as there is i don't think you're going to find a better low post score in the country than her yeah. um she's you know can score with both hands her footwork's amazing it she is yeah that's, that's what i was going to say her footwork is unbelievable the, the the spin moves that she makes yeah she has and i we talk, I think, you know, that's the describing. She has quick and narrow hips. Um, and so when she's making some of those moves, she's able to get her hips and turn and do things with her hips that most posts aren't. Now, the negative of that is sometimes because her hips are a little more narrow and quick that she doesn't hold her position as well as we'd like. And so we get her on that. But the positive is, you know, she's able to turn and stand and step through better than anybody I've ever seen. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and with Grace Berger, that's a, that's a heck of a one-two duo you've got coming back next year. So I could sit here and talk to you all night. I'm not going to keep you forever, but um, I, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing who you got coming in and, and like I say, the, those two. And, and then I think, you know, uh, Chloe Moore McNeil is going to be something else. I thought she really came on during that time McKenzie was, was out. So um, got a good yeah. nucleus for sure. Yeah, Chloe really stepped up her game and, you know, started playing with a little more confidence mm-hmm. and aggressiveness that we've been trying to get her to play with. And I think, uh, you know, we had some injuries and we had some COVID and, like, deal with that. She knew she had to step up, and she did. Yeah. Uh, we need to get her to do that more consistently. Uh, but, yeah, she kind of, you know, took the reins. And, and with that, it showed that, you know, we can play a little bit more four guards um, that I, you know, I think we'll be seeing a little bit more next year of us going a little bit maybe four guards um, I think that can give us a little different um, feel. Uh, it's tough for some of the, t- the opponents to you know guard that, and then being able to play you know whether it's two traditional bigs, of uh, uh, being able to mix up how we play and having that versatility, I yeah. think can make very very dangerous. And uh, you know if we can if we get a couple of the pieces that we're hoping to get to fill in um, along with our freshmen, I think we got a chance to you know our, our goals be competing for a Big Ten championship in the Final Four. Awesome, um, and we're through to those goals and and. Those aren't going to change. Our expectations um, of what we want, where we want this program to go, aren't going to change. And Rhett Weirs was back, right? You're not, you're not ready to go take your own program over. No, I'm, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> right. uh, I, I'm excited to be working with this team today. They're as talented as they are as players. They're better people. They're yeah. they're the type of people I want to be around every day. But they're the type of people I want my my kids to be around and and to learn from. Oh, well, I take, speaking of learning, before I let you go, I, w- I want to tell you that you made me a hero in my house because my daughter's a freshman, plays at Bar Eve, and if she has a shooting problem, it's because the ball comes off 
not off the end of her fingertips. She didn't get good rotation. And I used to say, listen, you don't have to go kill yourself. you got to shoot. If every night you would lay on your back and shoot the ball straight up and work on that coming off your fingertips, it'll help you. Well, lo and behold, during the pandemic and you were putting shooting drills up, I, we, I watched one of them, and that's exactly what you said at the end of that video. So I made sure to point that out to my, my daughter that I'm not crazy. Just, just laying in bed and getting, you know, whether it's 50 reps, just shooting it straight up to yourself and just working on that falter, make sure it comes through. That's, uh, I grew up doing it and that's, uh, it's easy. It's an easy thing to do, but it just gets that, that muscle memory and that repetition. Olivia Emmons, you heard that. It's not just your dad. <laughs> hey, Coach, thank you so much. I tell you, I I, I, I know we uh, we, we kind of contacted you during a busy time, and, and I'm glad we could finally have time to sit down, and I'd really like to do it again. I, I think you you and, and Coach Moore and the whole program's awesome, and I'd love to keep in touch. Well, sounds great. You know, I'll, I'll be willing to come on anytime. I love to talk about our team and our players. So, yeah, anytime would be great. That sounds good, my man. You have a good evening. All right, thank you. You Thanks. too. Hey, you know, if you're like 90% of companies nationwide, you're overspending on your waste and recycling removal. A lot of times by 20 to 40%. You know what? You don't have to. How much could a free waste audit save you? Doesn't cost you a penny. If sensible waste consulting doesn't save you any money, you don't pay anything. If they do, you split it. It's pretty simple. Why are you overpaying? Well, probably your contracts don't protect you from price hikes and your service levels are inefficient. You need different waste equipment. Your contract allows for those silly ancillary fees. Call the folks at Sensible Waste Consulting. Let them take a look at everything. They'll look at your contracts, your bills. If they save you money on on a contract that you signed and the waste company didn't live up to it, you split it immediately. If they negotiate for you, save you some money, eh, you split that through the life of the contract. They'll be happy to help you out. Doesn't cost you a thing. Go to SensibleWaste.com or give them a call. 812-787-3598. Sensible Waste Consulting. Thanks again, Coach Rhett Wiersba, for coming on the show. What a great interview he was, and I really, really hope we get to uh, talk to him maybe during the summer as they prepare, and then maybe a few times next season. Uh, that would be just a great thing for for us to to get the uh, for inside scoop from from the guy who knows. And I wish him the best of luck, and and uh, the whole the whole B3 Nation appreciates you coming on your time, Coach, and you're welcome here anytime. So that'll do it until the big show tomorrow. And we're going to get ready for one of my favorite weekends of the year. And that is the Masters. Thank you for listening to the B3 Podcast. The B3 Today is a production of Impulse Radio.